Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So I'll be speaking this morning and the topic of my message is basically getting closer to God. This has been a process for, I mean, for a long time of mine, but particularly in the last nine weeks, um, God spoke to me in the middle of the night, nine weeks ago, exactly, well, last night, but yeah, exactly nine weeks ago, and he said a couple simple words to me, I won't, I won't repeat them because I feel like they were just for me, but, but basically it is just to press into God, and so nine weeks now, I've just been really focusing on getting closer, really... Uh, understanding about the presence of God, that He is always good, as we sang earlier, that He wants to be with us, He desires to be with us, and our priority in life should be His presence. So going off that, that's just a little introduction. But I really feel like we should close our eyes just a little bit, and just focus on Him, if we can. Just really press in, just really focus on Him. God, You are good. Thank You, Father. Thank You for Your presence. We praise You, Jesus. Lord God, we just pray that You have Your way today. Change us forever. Mark us. Speak to our hearts. Let our focus be you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. I was here yesterday with Rob, and I saw a, an angel right in that corner right there, and it was an angel of restoration. So I really believe that there's restoration right here today, and I feel like he's restoring families. He's restoring eyesight as well. So if there's anyone here with eyesight issues, eye issues or anything like that, he's restoring it right now. I believe that. I believe that God wants to heal us right now, right this moment. He doesn't want to wait until we go to heaven. He wants to do it right now because he brings heaven to earth. So if you will, turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. Now some of us may know this story, some of us may not know this story. So this is the story about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Just briefly before we get into it, just a bit of a backstory for those people that may not know the story too well. Jesus and his disciples were on the road, they were traveling from Judea to Galilee, and they had to go through Samaria to pass through to get to the other side. But I feel like not only was it geographically the way to go, I feel like it was more of a divine appointment for Jesus as well. So if you open your Bibles and turn to verse 7, we're we'll reading from there. 
So Jesus comes to Jacob's well just outside the city. And reading from verse 7, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the, and the well is deep, where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Never thirst, sorry. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the woman comes to the well as Jesus is sitting there by himself. And what we know about the woman is that she's a Samaritan. Now the thing is with Samaritan people and the Jewish people, they disliked each other. The Samaritans were, were a... A cross race, I suppose you could say, of Assyrians intermarrying with Jewish people. And they were known for being a bit harsh towards the Jewish people, especially if they were travelling past their city. There's uh, stories that they would ambush the people going past. If they were going past, they would ambush, they would beat, they would bash. They would, if they came into the cities, they would do the same. So it's more than likely that. The disciples themselves may have even experienced this or maybe they had heard stories from people close by to them of that happening to them. So, in saying that, Jesus' first words to this woman is, give me a drink. Now, I'm not, I'm not the best person to talk about human etiquette, if that's how you say it. But I know that those words should not be the first words you say to someone, especially someone that you do not know, and especially a woman. Give me a drink. <laughs> exactly. It's like, Jesus, come on, man. It's only chapter four. It's too early to be the sacrifice. Talk about a death wish. But in saying that, as you read on, chapter 5, Jesus says that he only did what he saw the Father doing, so he, he must have said it for a reason. So why would those words be the first words that Jesus would say to this woman, give me a drink? Maybe it's because he was inviting her into something. As you read, as we read in, in verse 9, 10, that he had the offering of living water. So I believe sometimes Jesus is asking us 
for an offering before He has a greater offering for us. I believe He's inviting us into His presence and in His presence He has a gift greater than what our understanding could be and from that presence He he gives it to us. But first He is asking for something. He's asking for us to come closer to Him. Give me a drink. Come closer. I have a greater gift for you. I believe that, that being a Christian, the greatest thing, the greatest privilege that we can do is get closer to Him. That's what it should be about, is how much closer we can get to Him. And there's always room for us to get closer. You're good? It's not, it's not about works. It's not what we can do. But it's who we can be or how we can be with Him. We don't have to work towards His presence. We don't have to do any works to get to His presence. We just have to be with Him to receive His presence. In Luke chapter 10... We read the story about Mary and Martha. Jesus gets invited to Martha's house and he sits down and Mary and Martha are sisters. And in verse 41, 42, but before that, he, Martha's in, in the next room fixing something to eat for Jesus as a good host, as what we would think a good host would do. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what Jesus has to say. Martha says something to Jesus, hey, well, look, I'm here fixing you something to eat. What about my sister? She's just sitting there doing nothing. And as we read in verse 41, 42, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. If you want to host God's presence, it's not how hard you work for it, it's how you can be with Him. He's not interested in what you can do for Him, He only cares about how you can be with Him. It's not, it's not about doing good to other people, poor people, needy people, whatever, injured people, anything like that, even though that is a part of it, it's not about that. That's not our focus. It's not about reading the Bible, although I do believe that we need to read the Bible every day. We need to get that word into us because it is His word. That shouldn't be our focus. Our focus should be Him and Him alone. Because everything else stems from that. Because when we get closer to Jesus, then we want to help the needy. We want to help the poor people. When we get closer to Christ, we want to read the Word. Because when we read the Word, we know that when we wait for Him, that He shows up. But it's about Him. Always has been always will be, and it should always be right now about Him. Because what we focus on, we give power to. 
if you focus on your past, you'll always be stuck there. It happened to Lot's wife, and it didn't work very well for her. If you focus on your future, you won't be thankful for what has happened in your past or what's happening right now. You see that in a lot of child celebrities. They grow up too fast, they miss out on a childhood, and it shows up in their adulthood. If you focus on the right now, then you won't have any goals for the future. If you focus on your problems, they will always be there. If we focus on ourselves, we will neglect others. If we focus on others, we'll neglect ourselves. If we focus on our jobs, we will neglect our families. So what is your focus right now? What is your focus for 2019? What is your focus for your life? Our focus should be God. And through God, He can have power in our past, in our present, and in our future. If we focus on God, He can help us through those past pains, those past hurts, those past problems. If we focus on God, He can have power in our healings, inside our marriages, inside our families, inside our jobs. But He has to be our focus first. He is always here. He is always there. He's not the elephant in the room because He fills the room. And He will always fill the room. But we have to focus on Him. We have to focus on that presence because He wants to fill that room. But it's up to us if we let Him or if we focus on it, acknowledge it. When we were in Austria, Rachel and myself, a few years ago, we were with a team of about uh, 20 people, I suppose. And we went to Croatia first for about a week and then we were in Austria for a week, we're doing ministry there with a group of people. And so we went to Croatia, we were ministering most days, most nights, and then we got up really early in the morning, and then we got on a bus, I think it was, or a train, I think, one of the two. We went to Austria, and we repeated the process. We started ministering through the days, through the nights, and then it was the last weekend we were there. It was a sad day. We were to do workshops from nine in the morning to about four, four or five in the afternoon, teaching people on healings, outreach, prophetics, and all that sort of stuff. So by this stage, we were pretty tired. And then we had a quick moment to eat some food. And we were about to start a night meeting where multiple churches came together. Um, for this night meeting, and our our priority was never in that quick space of time that we had off was to rest to you know to have food and all that sort of things, even though we did have food, that was not our priority. Our priority was quickly eat, quickly get back to where we were to be, and spend time with God and that became our focus and when we got back to the room. Before we were about to start the night meeting, 
we really just pressed into God. 20 of us sitting in a room and we just really gave God the time and he showed up and he showed up big time. And I mean big time. I've never ever experienced anything like it before or afterwards since then. There was 20 of us and it started with one lady. She was on the floor. And I'm not a touchy-feely sort of guy. I'm pretty mellow, calm, cool, collected. Maybe, I think I am. But anyways, I'm not the type of person that laughs on the ground, rolls around, jerks and all that sort of stuff, heave-ho, all that shabba-babas and all that sort of stuff. I'm that, not that guy, but saying that, I was that guy because I was the next person to fall on the ground and I'd never experienced anything like it. I was on the ground laughing like a little child. And I couldn't control myself. Next person came down, next person came down, next person came down till everyone was on the ground, rolling around. It must have been a bit of a scene. And we were to go into the meeting at, I think it was around 7 o'clock or something like that, so it was just before them. And all 20 of us were on the ground, laughing hysterically, rolling around, for what felt like about 15, 20 minutes or something like that, I'm not sure. And in that moment, after about 15, 20 minutes, it just went dead silent, still no one could move. And we were laying across each other and all that sort of stuff and just couldn't move, could not move. The presence was just that thick that no one could move. And... And I saw out of the corner of my eye, I saw the door open into the room. The pastor who was hosting the meeting walks into the room. And then he looked, he turned around, walked back out of the room because they were starting and he was coming in to grab us. And so we were there for a little bit longer, what seemed like about you know another 20 minutes or something like that. And then gradually we picked ourselves up and... I looked at the time and we'd been there for two hours, just on the ground, unable to move. And then we pick ourselves up, we go into the meeting where there was probably, my guess would be around 400, 500 people or something like that, waiting for us to come in. They had been worshipping for two hours, waiting for us to come into the room. And we walk into the room and the presence didn't stay in that room, it came into this room. Now we had 400 or 500 people just going ballistic and not one word was spoken or preached that night. I went till two in the morning. People were in their chairs getting delivered. People, people were getting miraculously healed. A guy that was walking past just thought, oh, well, what's going on here? Walks in. He was, the next day he was due for surgery because he was getting his leg amputated. Comes in, gets miraculously healed. He's like, what the heck? What, the, what, is, what is going on? He gets up on stage and he's testifying about, like, I, I don't know, I, like, I've got metal rods in my legs, I don't know, like, I, it's just, I can't do this anymore. But it was in that, in that presence that God healed that man, and, yeah, where was I gone? <laughs> Good story. But, but that was, it all stemmed from us giving him time to begin with. Now, we could have stayed at that restaurant, you know, had a bit more to eat, you know, relaxed and that sort of thing, unwind and just get, get ready for the meeting ahead. But no, we chose to give God the time. 
we really went after him and he really showed up. And it was beautiful. Isaiah 6 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it was in that closeness that Isaiah became who he was. God chose, in that, in that moment, God chose Isaiah to be a prophet for him because he was that close to him. In 1 Corinthians 6, we read 6.19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So what Isaiah saw in that temple in the Old Testament has now become what we are. So he saw the filling of the robe in the temple and now through Christ we have become that temple filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't have a little Holy Spirit, a little spot of the Spirit. He wants to fill us. He wants to overtake us. He wants to really fill us, but we have to let him to do it. We are the only people, we are the only problem between him filling us or not filling us. We're the only thing stopping that. It's essential for us to be filled with him. I believe for us to be power-filled Christians, we need to be filled with the powerful one. His is the kingdom, his is the glory, and he his is the power, His is the glory. We need to be so close to Him that we're touching Him because if we're not touching Him, then we can be led astray by the enemy. We see that in the story with the woman with the issue of blood. She fights through the crowd and she grabs hold of Jesus' hem of His robe and the power goes through her and she gets healed. We need to be touching Him. But then on the other hand, we see Peter followed at a distance and he denied Christ three times. We need to be close because if we're not close, then we can be led astray. The secret of walking, with, the, secret of walking the way Jesus walked was, is to be as close as what Jesus was to the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and rested upon Jesus' shoulder, rested upon him. But it never says that it ever left. Bill Johnson puts it this way, if you want a dove to remain on your shoulder, then every step, every movement, movement has to be with that dove in mind, otherwise it's going to leave. The closer you get to God, the bigger He gets and the smaller your problems will become. But the, the closer to your problems you get, the bigger they get and the smaller God will become in your life. Jewish rabbis have a saying that if you want to learn from your favourite rabbi, then you need to get covered by the dust of their footsteps. You need to be that close that you're covered by their dust. And what greater rabbi is Jesus? 
So if you want to be, be like Jesus, you have to be so close that you get covered by His glory. We need to know His voice. We need to know what He's doing in every situation. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, And the Lord... He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. He goes before us. He's always with us. But it is up to us whether we realize that. He's always there. He's always here. He's always before us. He's always behind us. As, as people, I, I think that we typically think about two things, mainly. Either, either we focus on a problem or we focus on a solution. If you're hungry, that can be a problem. But the solution is to get something to eat. But you're always... Be hungry if you focus on being hungry and not on the solution. About oh, when I was about a te- well, when I was a teenager, some of you may know this story, but I was very overweight. I I was roughly around 145 to 155 kilos, and I, I mean I don't exactly know why I say that is because the last time I weighed myself I was 145 but I know I got bigger. And if you want photos I don't actually have too many photos because when I was that big I wasn't too happy about photos. But that became a problem in my life. And it wasn't until I found a solution to lose weight. So I started on the process of exercising, dieting, and I started to lose weight, and I was losing a lot of weight to begin with. I was losing up to six kilos a week, some weeks. And so that was my solution, was to lose weight. That was going to make me feel better. People saw that I was losing weight, and so they would make comments, oh, you look good. You know, oh, you, you, you know, I'd buy a new outfit. Oh, you look good in that outfit, and I'd feel pretty good. And I thought that was my solution. But that solution became a problem because I flipped it around and I became anorexic and bulimic. And I kept going because I thought, like, if I kept losing weight, then more people would notice and make more comments. And so I kept losing more and more weight, and that's why I became anorexic and bulimic. And I was probably roughly around 20 kilos lighter than what I am now, and I wanted to lose more weight. Like, that was my focus. That's what I thought the solution was. And it wasn't... And... Even though I was in that time, I knew that that wasn't my solution, but I thought it was the solution, if that makes sense. But it became my focus. 
My focus was lose weight because people were going to make comments. And then it wasn't until that I shifted my focus and I found God and I found Jesus and He became my focus and He actually became the solution. He became the solution of me getting healthy again. Because it was not what other people were saying or not saying because sometimes what people aren't saying has power in our lives as well because we work towards them. We're trying to please them to make them say something and if they don't, we keep working for it. So it wasn't what people were not saying or saying, it was what he was saying. And it wasn't until I found out that he became our solution that I did actually start getting healthy again. It was a process, it wasn't perfect, but it, you know, it, it worked. Jesus became my solution. The closer to God you get, the more you realise how beautiful you are. Because the closer to the Creator, the more you realize why He created you. In Romans 6.13, in the King James Version, Neither yield ye, everybody say ye, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The word yield is the word, I'm going to say it, parasteme. And it means to stand beside or stand near. It means to be at hand or to be present. And we all have situations in our lives. Some are greater, some are than others. I'm not blind to this. Other people have harder situations that they're going through at the time. I know this, but it's not our situations that define who we are. Our situations do not determine who we are created to be. Only He is. Only God is. In Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, But now, O Lord... You are our father, we are the clay, and you our potter. And we are the work of your hand. So he is the potter. You are the clay. The clay only has one job. That's to yield to the hand of the potter. So you have an opportunity right now to what you can yield to. You can either yield to God or you can yield to your situations. Because both of them are going to mould you into something. But it is a choice that you're going to have to make. It is a choice to let God yield to God and let Him show you and mould you into who you were created to be. Or it's a choice to yield to your situations and let them mould and determine who you are. Or who you believe you are. We are always going to be the clay. We can never be the potter. We can never mould God into what we believe he should be. In pottery, I've never, never really done it. I dabbled in it a little bit at school. But the clay can get dry. But it's up to the potter to moisten the clay. 
So if you're feeling spiritually dry, then I have a question. What water are you drinking? Are you drinking the water from the well or are you drinking the living water? Because if you drink water from the well, then you'll get thirsty again. And you'll get thirsty again. And you'll get thirsty again. But if you drink from the living water, then you'll always be satisfied. Can I get the worship team to come up, please? Sorry, man. See, when God... When God created us, He did it right the first time. He did it perfect the first time. There's nothing more that He needs to do. He is always there to help us through situations. But he created you right the, the first time. He created you perfect the first time. He doesn't need to do anything more to create you better. See, when Jesus went to the well and he asked for a drink, her response was, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Sometimes it seems like it's common sense for us to bring our situations into our relationship with God. But that's not God's common sense. Our common sense says we are Samaritan. Our common sense would say that we are not worth it. Our common sense says, yeah, but I have addictions. Our common sense says, yeah, but I'm from a broken family. Our common sense might say that, no, I am very sick. Our common sense might say that we're too poor, we're too rich. But that's not God's common sense. God's common sense is always going to be, you are worth it, you were created perfect the first time. But the only way we can find out what God's common sense is, is by getting closer to Him. The only way we can realize that we are perfect right now, right this moment, as we are, who we are, is by getting closer to Him. Is by really knowing Him. But it is up to us. It's not up to him how close he gets because he's already here. It's not up to him if he's going to invade a situation because he's already there. He wants to use you. He wants to be with you. He adores you. He loves you. He's here. He's there. He's not that elephant in the room that we just talk about. Now, a couple things as we're about to go into a bit of a song of worship. 
Shut your eyes for a second, please. Now, if you're here today and maybe you've never experienced God because you've never known much about Him, but you want to know God, maybe it's the first time of knowing Him or maybe you know a little bit about Him, but you want to make a choice right now, right this moment, that you're going to receive God, that you're going to get closer to God, that you desire to be with Him for the rest of your life. Please put your hand up right now. You don't need to wait. Another thing that I want to ask is earlier I said about restoration. I really feel like God is restoring right now. And I feel like he's restoring families. He's restoring sight. In a moment, I'm going to ask you guys to come down the front. But first, I want to ask another question. If you're here today and you want to get closer to God, maybe it feels like that there's something blocking that happening. whether it feels like you're going through a dry season or whatever you want to call it, a valley or anything like that, or whether you're just going through a situation, situation at work, situation at home, and you want to get closer to God, you know that you need to get closer to God right now. Please put up your hand. God, I just thank you. Father, I just pray for your presence to come and fill this room like a mighty rushing wind. God, I thank you for restoration. Lord, I thank you that you're revealing yourself right now, right at this moment. Praise you, Jesus. Now I'm going to ask a question, another question. But if any of those were you, whether you want to receive Jesus into your life right now, I want you to come up the front. Whether you feel like you need restoration in family, restoration with eyesight particularly, I want you to come up the front. And also, if you want to get closer to God, I want you to come up the front too. We're going to have people down here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you. Don't be scared. Like I said, there's only one thing holding you back from getting closer to Him. 
and that's ourselves. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.